0: The Title Town Podcast, Episode 17.
1: Well, hi there. You're listening to episode seventeen of the Title Town Podcast. On today's episode, we'll cover the latest NFL news, introduce a new segment for Topic of the Week, and preview the Packers upcoming matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. My name is Austin Gann and I am joined, as always, by the one, the only Daniel Marhanka.
0: Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Week four. This is a quarter of the season through. Mm-hmm. About to go into a bye week. There's four quarters in an NFL game. A season. And four quarters in an NFL season. See, you finished my catchphrase. Mm-hmm. That wasn't right. <laughs> I had a whole analogy. <laughs> I ruined it. Life is four quarters. <laughs> life is four quarters. <laughs> yep.
1: Hmm, that's deep. <laughs> you have any more to say on that? or?
0: Nope. Life is four quarters. <laughs> are you, Are
1: you getting more wise with your age since your birthday was yesterday?
0: I hope not. <laughs> I don't know how I can you're become start more s- wise.
1: Spewing wisdom. We have to make a segment of you just spewing <laughs> With, wisdom.
0: W- wisdom drop.
1: Few, uh football analogies tied to life.
0: Yeah. Deep life, one. you get some fourth down conversions. And then sometimes you're just punting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go on all day. Yeah, I could I love how none of these analogies have backstory <laughs> or any kind of relevance to anything besides me just saying life after a football term. You're
1: pulling them out of nowhere there,
0: which is what I appreciate. Life is like 12 personnel. There's always two people beside you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pure gold. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you any others before we get into the news? Or you I you're... don't think so. I, I just know that football is four quarters long in the game and also in the season. And if we win on Monday night, we will... Win the game. The first quarter's done. First four quarter's 0. done. Four and going into a bye. Going into a bye, and then that gets a little fishy because then it's not technically the first quarter or the second quarter's over at week eight. It would be week nine. Yeah. So just try to wrap your brain around that until week ten. Right. And then we'll have to deal with that when it Yeah. Goes. Yeah. So enough math and enough trying to rack your brain for answers.
1: Yes. Yeah, so let's let's get. We have a few news items. Let's get into around the NFL. We have three items on the news. The first one is the Baltimore Ravens and cornerback Marlon Humphrey uh, agreed to a five-year, $98.75 million extension.
0: That they do, and that is a very high price for a cornerback. And, I mean, I think the market for cornerbacks is trending that way. We saw it with a very expensive contract going to Jalen Ramsey, and now with Marlon Humphrey. I don't know how the Packers keep Kevin King after all this. I mean, it feels like every week we have another, well, they did this or something happens in the league and then that takes that player away from Green Bay. But it really feels like that right now is the... Offensive line, especially at tackle position, is getting paid a tremendous amount of money. We went into that last week. Is David Bakhtiari pricing himself out of Green Bay? Aaron Jones is playing at a high level. Does that price him out of Green Bay with how the running market go- is going? And now we have the cornerback market exploding, which is the three positions that the <laughs> Packers need to resign. Kevin sign. King going into a contract year. So I'm unsure. I think Marlon Humphrey's a good player. He's one of the more physical cornerbacks in the league. And I feel like... Out of all these kind of newer cornerbacks, he's a pure playmaker. He is a ball hawk. He goes for the ball. He's kind of that Charles Tillman always wanting to punch the ball out and get fumbles and make those turnovers to have a big splash play, so... I I don't know how the Packers resign all these guys, and I know we've talked about it a lot, and we'll probably talk about it a lot in the offseason, is how are they going to get all these deals done when the rest of the league looks like they don't respect the salary cap or think long-term. But that is such ingrained in being the Packers organization and then also being a Packers fan that you just think more logically (laughs) instead of monopoly money. Signing the check and dealing with it later.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Do you 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 have any thoughts on it? Uh, no. I think you you summed it up great. I mean, it's it hurts the Kevin King situation and maybe even the Jair one down the road if you want to play long term,
0: possibly. And and you got you'd have to think it would be a hard, basically, thing to do. Is if you sign Kevin now, will you have the money later to sign Jair, where you have two high dollar cornerbacks at that position. And then it comes into the Aaron Rodgers situation and what that I don't want to think about it right now. <laughs> We're we 3 and 0. Be- yes. And that just seems far away.
1: We got to deal with the opponent in front of us and the salary cap is not hit. Correct. It-, it
0: could be an opponent pretty quickly, but <laughs> It could be an opponent in could the Could be week
1: 18. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but it's not this week. Uh moving on to the next news item, the Steelers and Titans game uh for the Sunday has officially been delayed. Due to a positive COVID test for the Titans, and actually, I just had several more te- positive tests this morning. Correct. As of recording this, uh, it actually it kind of works out nice for them because the Steelers and Titans have buys in consecutive weeks, and so they really just need to move one Steelers game around to make it
0: work. Which so, is a Steelers Ravens game, correct? Yes, Steelers- which Ravens. is huge for that division. For I both think teams. because. I mean, they're both very good football teams, look like some basically powerhouses in the AFC to really give a Chiefs a run for their money. So I think that, I mean, this is kind of what we expected. It was the NFL would have to pivot on some of these situations and think creatively on how they can get teams who have breakouts or uh, COVID outbreaks to really still have a full season because you can't take away these games long term.
1: Yeah, and it's very interesting, too, talking about uh, the division, how much it means for the conference. It actually very much benefits the Ravens. This is official yet. They haven't done this, but this is what a lot of people are throwing out as the logical solution. Yeah. And it would very much benefit the Ravens because as of now, uh, the Ravens and Steelers play, I want to say, Week 7, and then the Ravens have a bye. But with this change, the Ravens would get a bye before they play the Steelers. So Which would, would be huge. It's it would, a massive it would help extra them. week of preparation and rest for the Raiders. And some going into co- the
0: game. I mean, we see Andy Reid who's like fifteen and three in his career after a bye, and then we see some other guys who struggle right after a bye. So I mean, it is up to you to take advantage of that situation because you could be looking at taking control of your division at a later point in the season coming off of a bye when a team is probably kind of gassed. I know Mike Tomlin's kind of more though old school coach. He does the live tackling all throughout training camp and says, comes out and says in a press conference on Wednesday that it doesn't matter if we have to play 20 straight weeks, we can do it. Like Mm it, it, we're football, we're a football organization. So I I think that if there's one team who could do it, it's the Steelers that they could just power through it with kind of that tough guy mentality. And I also think the Titans could as well. But uh, the positive news is that the uh, Minnesota Vikings have not had any positive tests, so that yes. game won't get pushed back so that they can go down to Houston and lose this Sunday. And be 0-4. And, and be 0-4. And, and then Mike Zimmer can freak out on another uh, news reporter. <laughs> Did you see that? One of his lashing outs. <laughs>
1: yes, that was phenomenal. He has about one a year. Just one lash <laughs> not out. Not shaking Matt LaFour's hand in that one. Just just go pure gold. Uh, the last item on the news here, uh, Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard. Uh, Had core muscle surgery on Thursday night after having his career best game against the Saints with uh, six catches, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Very disappointing to see.
0: Almost two touchdowns. Almost two. But uh, it's very disappointing to see because I feel like He was really kind of the breakout player on Sunday. I think week one, we saw Devontae's breakout game. Week two, we saw Aaron Jones' breakout game. Week three was the tight ends and Alan Lazard. And now that's kind of taken away from the equation. We'll get into what the injury means more for the Packers long-term in the preview portion. And then also, I think we'll be hitting a lot of that in the bye week podcast, which is where the Packers are right now. But... I think the Packers will be okay, but I feel so bad for Alan Lazard because he's a hard worker, our best run blocking wide receiver. And also, there's kind of a mystery around this injury is we don't know if it occurred during the game or in a lifting session on Monday or Tuesday. And then we don't know how long he'll be out. I mean, Rob Demosky said out indefinitely. Some people said out for the season. Some people said eight weeks. Some people said 12 weeks. So we just don't know Mm -hmm. what this injury will mean long term for the Green Bay Packers. But I think as it is in football all the time, next man up. And I think they'll be fine.
1: For sure. Well, Daniel, let's get into uh, topic of the week. (gasps) Why'd
0: you pause? I just wanted a -a 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 -a
1: dramatic pause there.
0: Is that all right? That was very dramatic. I'm glad you appreciated it. I I appreciated it. I'm just sitting here watching the show. (laughs) You're
1: also a part of it, though.
0: I I am. I'm a (laughs) contributor. Yes. so the
1: topic of the week, uh, we're calling it Buy, Sell, Hold. So, Daniel, you and I are going to throw some topics, some narratives at each other, and we're going to say whether we're buying it, whether we're in it, we're into it, we agree with it, we're selling it, we don't like it, we don't believe it, or hold, we just need more time to see how it pans out. We don't want to buy or sell right now.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. You think it makes to, sense for them? I, I hope so. Okay, I hope so. I don't think we. I don't think we're that smart to be more intelligent than anyone else <laughs> on this face of exactly. the earth.
1: Very, so. very uh, valid and fine point. So, the first topic I'm gonna throw at you here: Josh Allen as an MVP candidate.
0: Buy, sell, or hold? Hold for another year. Another year. Yeah. I think he'll be in the conversation, but as far as a legitimate candidate, I think the way Patrick Mahomes is playing, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson are playing, it would be very difficult for him to kind of butt into that conversation. But next year, give it to me. And I think he, and me and you debate this all the time, he's the best quarterback out of that draft class. You, you don't, don't want to say it.
1: Very level handed answer from you, with you sitting here with your Josh Allen jersey on, and you got. You know, I thought you were going to be all in on it. I'm very surprised. You no, said I'm, I'm
0: going to hold off because one, let's go back to this quarterback, best quarterback <laughs> in the com, in that draft class, because he's a gamer. He's been to the playoffs. He's leading a great Bills team right now. They just played a great game against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday, and I think that this is the type of quarterback that is in the NFL right now. A guy who can scramble a little bit, a guy who can throw on the run. Does he have some inaccuracy? Yes. Some most, know a lot. Most young quarterbacks do. And so we just need to give him a little bit of time. He'll get that second contract in a few years, and then he'll be a perennial all-pro-pro bowler, in my opinion. I'm,
1: I'm holding because I still think Sam Darnold is the best. So you're not class.
0: selling that. Either, I'm not though. sell. I'm
1: not selling. I'm gonna hold it. Okay. Because I think Sam Darnold is, and Sam just has nothing around him. Josh has way more around him right now than Sam does.
0: Well, he got it into a good situation. Yes, and I mean, so you I have think the jury still you're out. Still, as the quarterback, you're still the leader of that team. Yeah, because you can have a bad leader go into a great team. And still not do very well because he cannot control the line of scrimmage. He can't control the locker room. Nobody respects him. But what we see with Josh Allen is that team is bought into what he's doing. Sean McDermott kind of tailors the offense around him and what he can do on the ground. He has Devin Singletary. has Stephon Diggs. He has other targets, other running backs who are just play all so well together all while riding on a great defense on the other side of the ball. I think they're one of the more complete teams. Will they have some struggles this season? Absolutely. They still have the New England Patriots to kind of hurdle over as a mental Until block. they beat the
1: Patriots, then I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah,
0: and they beat the Patriots last year at Orchard Park. Yeah. But can you beat them in Foxborough is always the big question. Yes, so, for sure. I I'm holding off, but I'm not selling, not buying. Just want to hold that one. All right, and I'm glad you're holding it too. Welcome to the Begrudgingly, job. Begrudgingly. Well, I
1: want. I'm leaning more towards selling. You're leaning more towards buying. Yeah, what you're holding. I'm I just leaning think more towards this selling year your... the
0: MVP candidate race is polluted.
1: Yeah, I it, mean, it and it I think Russ is, is the, the the front runner.
0: Russ is the front runner right now, but Aaron's playing at a tremendous high level. Patrick Mahomes, we know, can turn it on in a second mm-hmm. and be right there. You got the next topic for me. Austin, are you buying, selling, or holding the Seattle Seahawks as a Super Bowl contender? I'm selling. You're selling? Yes. They
1: don't have a pass rush. Outside have- of Jamal Adams, they don't have a secondary. In, in that game against Dallas, Russ was phenomenal, and it still came down to the, the last two minutes of the game. That If Russ has a bad game, right, th- that team's going to go how Russ goes. Chris Carson's hurt. I, I don't even remember what the the length of the duration of his injury is. How long he'll be out. Tyler be. Lockett's emerging as a number one, but I just think that team comes and goes with with uh, Russ. I just I'm just not buying it as a contender. What about you?
0: How do you feel about? I, it? Oh, you're wanting me to answer? Yeah,
1: you go ahead and tear my argument apart. I'm, I'm going really to, pregnant. I'm going paused. to buy.
0: I'm going to buy because I feel like a lot of teams that we thought that were going to be dominant in the NFC this year are proving to be very beatable and beat up. The San Francisco 49ers are, let's just say, they are making do very well with what they have right now. But I feel like they will still probably lose to the Seahawks one or two times this season. The LA Rams are in that division and can beat up on the 49ers. So I think the 49ers have a built-in four or five losses into this season, but I could see the Seattle Seahawks team winning 13, 14, 12 games on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. Yeah, I don't think the defense has to be tremendous, which they're not. I think that that's their biggest problem. I think that Jamal Adams really is a bright spot to their defense, but there's really not much else there. Yes. And also, I really think that Russell Wilson is built for close games. He really is. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it his whole career is he pulls out games that you don't think he will, and he just has a laser focus in that fourth quarter, or he does a turnover and it's really costly and their game's over. But that's okay. As long as it's on Russ's shoulders, this team's fine. You know me. I hate Brian Schottenheimer's play Mm calling, but he's been pretty good these first three weeks he's been really aggressive which I like to see because you just have to let Russ cook (laughs) Mr. Unlimited Mr. Unlimited I hate that so much yeah so I think that yes I'm buying that they're a Super Bowl contender because I think other teams are going to take a step off but they're a team that's going to need home field advantage in the playoffs so if a team like Green Bay or a team like the Saints or the Buccaneers can take that number one seed, I think it would be very difficult for the Seahawks they to have win to go the, on the road. NFC Championship game.
1: Yep. The next topic I have for you, are you buying, selling, or holding the Kirk Cousins experience in Minnesota?
0: Holding. Ask me by week eight. It's a little too early on because the Vikings have been a streaky team at times in this Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins kind of experience but we've seen them if one thing starts to click usually the rest of them start to click over the coming weeks so I don't want to sell yet because they do have a lot of money invested in him I know Minnesota is upset with this situation right now but you have to think you had no one talked about this in the offseason which I thought was kind of criminal but they had so much turnover as far as roster a whole new young secondary. Uh, you take out Stephon Diggs, which I thought was a huge component to their offense, even if no one else wants to acknowledge it. Dalvin Cook is playing okay football, I think. He's playing pretty good. But other than their super, super young players, all their other players are super, super old. Yes. <laughs> they don't have that and eating imba- a lot of cap space. And eating a lot of cap space. You don't have those young developmental pieces that I think the Packers do have at a lot of different positions, you just have a lot of, it's going to take three years to get good, or they're on the back nine of their career, and so I think that I would have to hold on the on the Vikings and the Kirk Cousins experience, because they could turn it on in a week or two, because they have that veteran depth around them, who have won playoff games before, but Mike Zimmer is in a rough place right now. He just got a contract extension. They beat the Saints last year. They were a few plays away from beating the 49ers. Well, I shouldn't say a few plays. They got kind of creamed in that game. Yeah. (laughs) And I I just don't know. I want to hold off on that because I don't want to say this. And then November comes around and the Packers play him in Lambeau and the Vikings come and upset him. So I'm just going yeah.
1: to pull back. I am begrudgingly buying because they have no other solution right now. They don't have a, a young guy waiting in the wings that they've developed. They give Kirk Cousins this extension with no alternative plan. So they're stuck exactly. with him.
0: They are kind of stuck with him. Or they go out and sign a Case kingdom like guy off the streets, find a practice squad guy. And
1: they're going to keep doing this over and, and over And ride again.
0: him, but it's just like... Stay committed and really put good pieces around him. I think Justin Jefferson could be good, but that's a few years out. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph is old. Adam Thielen is a shell of himself at times. He can't get open with any consistency. So I think run the ball with Dalvin Cook, have Mike Zimmer figure it out on defense, and then you're just putting yourself in a better position than relying on Kirk Cousins. Is
1: Mike Zimmer on the hot seat?
0: Is there a chance he gets fired at the end of the year? Possibly. But I mean it would be the Vikings organization as a whole would look very stupid for and they look stupid all the time. <laughs> like the it's not a it's not a out of the world thing to say that the Vikings are kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think ownership wants to look that bad. Or Rick Spielman. I couldn't imagine being a Vikings fan. Me either. That's a terrible reality. About
1: terrible reality to be living in. What?
0: What's your next topic? Austin, Daniel. are you buying, selling, or holding the Raiders as a playoff contender? I'll say buying, and then I
1: think they could get a wildcard spot. Yeah, and then get blown out wild card weekend. <laughs> <laughs> So what's goal. your definition of playoff contender? Is it they get there and they, yeah, the they get the off? They get there. I think it's possible. I think Derek Carr's time in uh, Las Vegas, I almost said Oakland, I think that experiment's about to end. I think John Gruden really wants a mobile quarterback, someone when the play breaks down has the ability to extend the play, turn something that's broken down into something. Derek Carr is just not that. If you can disrupt Derek Carr, disrupt the play, he's gonna throw it into the stands.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I just, I, there's, yeah, I'm losing my train of thought even on on Derek Carr because he's just he, that bad and that boring.
0: You just think of him and you're like, that's mediocre quarterback, play. very
1: mediocre. So I think John Gurdon's looking to the future. Uh, they
0: have a, a But nice you are court. buying them making the playoffs. I'm
1: buying them making the playoffs. You said
0: a positive thing about them and then said. They're terrible, basically.
1: Yeah, well, the quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I I could see them getting in and getting the doors blown off.
0: Yeah, I'm buying them as a playoff contender as well because their defense is pretty good. I don't think it's that bad of a defense. I think they play pretty well. And then also Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are really two premier players at the tight end and running back position. Mm -hmm. So I think those guys alone can assist Carr and push him into a playoff spot. And also, there's seven spots now, and the AFC is not that deep. Beyond the Steelers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and maybe the Titans... I don't feel like it's that deep of a position. I could see three AFC West or South teams getting in. Uh, I could see a couple of AFC West teams getting in. But I think the Raiders are a legit contender to get into the playoffs. Now, if they have to go to Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or Kansas City, I don't think they will win. Or New England, for that matter. I don't think they have it in them. Or the Buffalo Bills. So I just think... The Raiders can keep their head above water and win some games. You can beat up on the Chargers. You can probably beat up on the Broncos as long as Drew locks out and put together some wins that will push you into a playoff spot. They are still in a
1: very long rebuild. They're on the uptick. They are on the uptick. But they're on a very long rebuild process.
0: I think they're a, a year or two away from at least being a little bit more prominent in our speech and our talk about them as a football team and them around the league, but don't discount them that they couldn't upset a team either around along the way because I think they play up to the standard of their opponent, if that makes sense. Yeah, Is that if you're playing really good football, they're probably going to try and really make something out of their game that week to match what you're doing, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, that was all we had, Daniel. Do you have one, uh, one more you want to just throw out there?
0: Lamar Jackson's legitimacy against good football teams. We've seen him totally plummet in two playoff games in his career. Mm -hmm. Just not really show up. And then Monday night, not really being able to hang around with the Chiefs all that much. Yeah. Now, give it... I thought that was one of Andy Reid's best, most creative games in a long time. But then also... I just don't see him as winning big games all that often. Yeah, he had that one against the Patriots last year on Sunday Night Football, but what can he do against these good teams long-term? Austin, I am holding on Lamar Jackson. You hold on everything. I know. Well, you it, it's like early. holds everything. You bring these topics, and it's too early on to say. I don't want to put myself out there. Wow. Because I don't want to be put on blast by What is that White Gretzky quote?
1: You don't know, let you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Yeah. I know you're a big shooter. You're a big <laughs> home run hitter, but you strike out a lot. <laughs> hey, you don't
1: hit home runs at every at-bat. I think that's like the seventh time I've said that quote on this podcast. I can't, I I for the sake of the segment, I'm selling, but I can't sell something that I sold a long time ago.
0: That's true. You are I've been a, out on you Lamar. are a Lamar Jackson hater. I'm
1: not a I'm just not into the hype.
0: You're not a truther.
1: I'm not a truther. I'm not in the hype. What's his what is his big signature win?
0: Beating the Patriots last year. I guess. Getting to the playoffs in his first two seasons. I mean that that's but a But they gave that's the doors
1: a, blown off. I know, in but the I'm
0: saying, Austin these teams who haven't made the playoffs in 20, 30 years or whatever they're dying to even get into the dance it means something for your city it means something for your organization to make the playoffs if you're doing that consistently you're doing something right and are considered a perennial super bowl contender if you make the playoffs consistently because you're f- you're basically punching your ticket every year to have a shot to play at what this game's all about yeah that uh, speaks to something. That's, I think, that's valid. I think you, I'm calling out you right now. You don't put enough stock in good playoff teams because guess what? That's all the Packers have been the last 10 years. They won a Super Bowl 10 years ago, Yeah, but have been a perennial playoff contender and a perennial Super Bowl contender because they have put themselves in that situation. So if you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> disgrace the Green Bay <laughs> Packers right now. I dare you. <laughs> Well, no, I can't do that. And look at what the Packers were in the seventies and eighties. Yes, one playoff berth in all that one. time. So I'm just saying, it, you cannot discount a signature win in the playoffs as he's not a winner. Yes, because there, is, is, he a, the is he worth? Is he a winner? Yes, that's what I'm is asking. He, is he the pro winner? Though there is a next step. Is where he you're worth playoff the hype? Games. Does he meet the hype? I and think so gets. because he's just no. a, he's just a generational talent, Austin. He's, he's fun to watch. Okay, here. Did you have here. fun on Monday night? Did you have fun Not
1: watching Lamar? I did watch an Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes.
0: Okay, so you muted the TV when Lamar Jackson was on the field. <laughs> no, that's extreme.
1: <laughs>
0: well, this is how extreme
1: I feel. No, like. he We're doesn't. Here. here, I'll put it this way.
0: All right, he's You're Michael, getting loud. You're getting loud. He's
1: Michael Vick 2.0 until he went to Lombardi. Michael Vick was a hell of a player. Yeah. I, and that's not in it. I'm not saying he's trash. He's fun to watch. He's inspiring a next generation of kids
0: to play the game. He makes the playoffs. He has a good team around him. He makes him. the
1: playoffs, but
0: that's that's the extent he of it. He has a Super Bowl winning coach with him. Yeah. I was, just think the pieces are I'm there. I'm not saying he's trash. That's not what yeah. I'm
1: arguing. I'm arguing he's not worth the hype. He's
0: like in the middle. He's not worth the hype. He's not worth the Madden cover and the he's MVP trophy. He's not worth the trophy. Madden cover. Mm. He's not worth the MVP trophy? He
1: had a good year. I mean, in the regular season, he had a great year. Exactly. That's what the MVP's j- judged yeah. on. Yeah. And it gets to the playoffs, and then it's awful. I know, but he got there. Yeah. On his play. Yeah. Again, I'm not arguing he's got awful. I'm just saying he's not. He's. You go the other extreme. I'm just saying he's in the middle until he gets a playoff win.
0: Until he's uh, contending for agree. a Super Bowl. I mean. Until he wins a the Super hey, Bowl. What did I bring middle. up a few weeks ago? Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. What will we see then? I don't know. He's only played at Arrowhead. I think it's disrespectful for. But. To- Guess what? Lamar Jackson never played a road playoff game yeah, either, and he played, lost. He's the played two. his two games so at I, home. So I don't know why I brought up that point. <laughs> I,
1: don't that, know I don't know. I think I it's disrespectful. I'm glad you brought, I brought it back to Mahomes because I think it's disrespectful to Mahomes' greatness to suggest that Lamar Jackson's on the same level.
0: They play two different styles. of game, I, so. I just don't
1: think they're on the same level. I don't. I don't think uh, Lamar is not in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes might be in the tier by
0: himself. Lamar, I don't not. know. I think Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers can play when they're at the top at of the game. At one point or another,
1: Russ and Aaron were in that tier. I think Russ might be a, right? I think
0: they're both in it right now. Russ might be in the tier right now. They're yes. both in it right now because what you have to see as a quarterback play is how you play how the system around you, how you're playing in that system, Aaron Rodgers is playing peak quarterback play yes. at that system. Is it him running around and making all these spectacular plays? Not anymore. He doesn't have to. But as far as playing in rhythm and what he's doing right now so very well, he's at the top level out of his game. Russell Wilson has to run around and make all these deep throw plays because that's what the offense is, mm-hmm. and he can do that, and he's playing at a super high level. Patrick Mahomes looks like a basically the best version of a college offense in the NFL, just with the creativity, yeah. the weird stuff. You kind of never know what he's about to do, and they're so good at that. Those are the top three best quarterbacks in my opinion right now. Agreed. Agreed. And it probably goes Mahomes, Wilson, Rogers. Yes. I'd agree with that. So but, but number four, number five is Lamar Jackson because he brings something that's so off balancing to the defense. And Josh Allen, according to you, right? That's
1: the four or five. Spot. Oh yeah,
0: you want to put Sam Darnold number one? <laughs> Sam Darnold's potential's number one. <laughs> I'm sick of hearing about this guy's potential. Go win a game. <laughs> Hold on to a lead. There's plays you can make in the game to win your coach who might be terrible a game. So on that note. <laughs> on that note. I, I I'm going sell. home. <laughs> this podcast is over. I can't.
1: Daniel's all riled up over Sam Darnold. <laughs> I, uh, I will be. <laughs> uh, I can't sell something I already sold. But for the sake of the segment, because Daniel wanted to hold on to everything else, I'm selling. I'm going to take hold out next time we do this. <laughs> so you can't hold. You got you to be more aggressive. Well, let's, let's get out of this. This is too heated. Daniel needs to calm down. We're going to get into, well, I don't know if this is going to help you calm down, <laughs> but we're going to get into uh the preview for Monday night's game between the Packers and the Falcons. Daniel, what are your initial what are your initial thoughts going into the game? I'm going
0: to quote the great Aaron Charles Rogers. R E L. A-X. Relax, Green Bay Packers fans. You are 3-0. and You have probably one of the most dynamic offenses, highest scoring offenses in the NFL right now. Will Devontae Adams play? I'm not sure. He's trending that way. Will Kenny Clark play? I don't know. He's trending that way. We have a bye week after this game, so throw it all out on the table. And have Packers fans forgot that we have a running game? Clearly. Have you and looked at you Packers the Twitter listener, this morning Have and you last forgot night? the Packers have a running game? You look at Packers Twitter, they In had- years past, if we would have this many injuries on offense, I would say, wow, that's going to be a tough game now. But have we forgot the impact of Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams? I mean, come on. If we want to run every play this game, we could. Because I think that we can tailor our game plan to our opponent, and if we have a missing component, which is Alan Lazard and possibly Devontae Adams, plug in Aaron Jones for 20 carries, give Jamal Williams a bunch of stuff out of the backfield. AJ Dillon might get some shine here. That's a sore subject. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Because we have no clarity on it. (laughs) (laughs) Or, don't make me say it. What? What? Don't make me say it. Say what? We have other offensive weapons in the running back room, but he also spends time in a different room. Oh,
1: I know where you're going.
0: Tyler Irvin. Swerving Irvin fan club, He's just got basically here. <laughs> a slot receiver. He had a lot of playing time on Sunday. He did. All I'm saying is that's another component to the offense. We. As Packer fans are transfixed on this idea that our only source of offense has to be a wide receiver. when That's not how a lot of really good teams around this league operate. We have two pretty good tight ends. We have one of the best run-blocking tight ends in Mercedes Lewis. So let these guys run free. We still have, every play, five eligible receivers. They don't always have to be wide receivers. They can be tight ends. They can be running backs. They can be John Lovett as a fullback. Because this offense is that dynamic and can put you off balance that much. John Lovett season question mark. But I'll say this. uh, All the talk in the offseason about
1: running 13 personnel, there's a game that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and we've been running a lot of 12 and 13 personnel, which is fine. But what we do need to see this week is 21 personnel with two running backs in there. Mm -hmm. I think that would be dynamic. Also all off season and what Aaron Rodgers is talking about on his Pat McAfee shows and all of his interview things is Jamal Williams as this dynamic pass catcher. Yeah. If there's a game where you may want to feature him in that it's this week. Yep. Aaron Jones, let him do the running of the ball. Okay. Because I feel like a little bit through these first three weeks, we've been forcing the ball downfield to Aaron Jones, which is fine. And I think can be very effective, but maybe it's time to give those Aaron Jones opportunities to Jamal Williams, and keep Aaron Jones as your running back this game.
1: Yeah, uh, my thoughts going into this, I, I, I absolutely agree with everything you just laid out there. From kind of the Falcons' perspective, it makes me nervous that they're coming in 0-3. Oh, they're, they're desperate. desperate.
0: I, I mean, I told you this right after the Saints game, is this going into this game feels like the Eagles game from a year ago where yep. the Eagles were 1-2, and two, and it just felt like... They were going to come in and play with their hair on fire, and they have a game plan tailored to beat us. Yeah. And there was a potential that this game could be that. It could. Dan did. Quinn's
1: coaching for his job. The but players we were know. a few
0: plays away from winning that yeah, Eagles game. we weren't so out of it. we can execute at a higher level and still beat it them. And not make but mistakes, yes. The whole thing of winning ugly, I feel like that's going to be this type of game a lot of people are calling for a blowout in different things. No, I, I just don't see it. I still think the Packers put up thirty plus points, but I think also the Falcons could put up thirty plus points. Yes, Matt
1: Ryan is having a very good year in
0: spite of the zero and three start. People aren't talking about he's having a very good start. Yeah, and it's not all garbage time. Like they're getting out to these leads. Yeah, it's him in the fourth quarter and kind of the play calling, the conservative route, and just boneheaded plays on special teams and defense. So, I, I agree with you. The Falcons are going to come out with desperation.
1: For sure. And I'm, 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 I'm cooking something. I'm cooking up a little article diving deeper into this. So, I'm kind You're of in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen. Okay. I'm cooking some, diving into this further. Uh, I mean, I think there's a strong chance Dan Quinn, because starting 0-4, uh, since the NFL-AFL merger, only one team has started 0-4 and then made the playoffs.
0: And that was the it's 1992
1: tough. San Diego but here's Chargers. the thing,
0: as Packer fans, is we're not worried about what they're going to do after this game. No. We're going to beat them but now. But that
1: goes into how they're coming into this game, knowing yeah. their season's practically over if they lose on Monday. By yeah. all accounts— Dan
0: Quinn's job is definitely in jeopardy. But yeah, if, if they lose— Because if to an 0-4 start, like, it could be very difficult— for you to get this team motivated and going.
1: Yes. And if they go 0-4 and the GM and front office realize this season's over, Dan Quinn, see you later, possibly start looking into coaching candidates for 2021, that's what the
0: Falcons are going into this game having to deal with. They're dealing with a lot. Yeah. And then you have the Packers who are kind of riding sky high with what they're doing right now. Of course, we've had some bad injury news with Lazard and different things like that, but... The Packers, I've told you this before we started, is this is a game that they need to win because every game's a must-win game. There's no thinking about, oh, let's hold this guy out because there's a bye week, but he's healthy enough to go. There's no, oh, we need to, you know, we just need to look forward to the Bucks coming out of the bye. No, this is a must-win game because it's the game right in front of you that you have control over right now. Play your best game. Go into the bye week 4-0 absolutely agree who's who's some of your x-factors for this game uh Aaron Jones because I think Packer fans must have forgotten him about him from week two to three Mm -hmm. and he is a dynamic playmaker and I think that he should be featured in this game plan as the key running back because I think you could limit the amount that Matt Ryan has the ball early in the game and really get this Packers offense cooking through him the safeties Need to play better. They are X factors because you are going to have to shadow coverage with a either Jair Alexander or Kevin King on Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones with a safety. Those guys are too dynamic, too good to be running one-on-one or man coverage with those guys. I believe in Jair Alexander and I believe in Kevin King, but you would not be doing your due diligence if you just let those guys run one-on-one with them all game. We're going to have to have help from Savage and Amos on those plays. I thought... In honesty, rewatching the game, I was a little hard on the safeties in our recap show of the Saints game. I thought Adrian Amos, after re-watching it, did play a pretty decent game. Darnell Savage looks like the game is speeding up for him. He just doesn't look confident in his decision-making. And when he goes to make tackles, he takes about the worst angle <laughs> to make tackles. Mm-hmm. So I think he's another axe vector. Jair and Kevin King, of course, with playing those two stars. And then Ty Summers. Ty Summers. Ne- never would have thought you would have named Ty Summers. Is a the ex-backer. starting middle linebacker. In essence, when Christian Kirksey went out, he came in. He played a pretty good game and had a tough matchup with having to call defenses along the other side of Drew Brees, a Hall of Fame playmaker, quarterback, calling basically audibles to what you're adjusting to. And so I thought he played a pretty good game. Obviously, missed some tackles, but that's nothing new. We knew that he would miss some tackles from last offseason and watching him in the preseason. Missing tackles is an issue for the entire Packers defense as well. Yeah, so let's not key out the one new guy that, oh, yeah, you're going to drag down our play because you missed tackles. Well, you, veteran of five years, are still missing tackles. That Alvin Kamara play? (laughs) Yes. Every (laughs) single
1: defensive player. Not more than one. It wasn't just Ty Summers that didn't tackle Alvin Kamara on that touchdown, it was was a lot of people who didn't.
0: So I think he's a huge X factor because he's going to have to be the guy who holds the middle and stops Todd Gurley and forces them to pass the ball and forces them into third and long.
1: Yep. Any uh, any other thoughts before we get into the score prediction? New Monday Night Football crew. Oh, how did I I should have known you were going to talk about the broadcasting.
0: I did not watch the Monday Night Football game live from Monday night the Chiefs Ravens Mm -hmm. so I went back and watched it and just watched some coaches film and different things like that so I've only watched one game with this Steve Levy crew and that was Monday Night Football against the Saints and Raiders Mm -hmm. and I thought they did a pretty good job it wasn't awful do I wish Kirk Herbstreet was calling this game absolutely absolutely because I watched that Monday Night Football game and that was tremendous and I watch every Sunday night our Saturday night college football game usually. But, so this should be interesting. I, I liked Bob Greasy and I liked Lewis Riddick. I think it's a pretty good team. A big step up from last year. Past. Oh, yeah. Lord. The Booger McFarland days, the Joe Tessitore, the real monotone guy. Mute. Mute. Watching Terrible. the game on mute. I'd rather listen to a chalkboard screech. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. That's, yeah. That's all I had to say. Is that that's the your last thing before we get into the score predictions? I love the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Well,
1: <laughs> on that, let's uh, let's uh, get into the score prediction, Daniel. Score prediction and who do you think is winning?
0: 36-30 Green Bay Packers. Hmm. Also, let's think of this. How many points do you think the Green Bay Packers are li- basically leaving on the board without Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard? Oh, they're going to thir- score 36 points on, or thirty-six points instead of 38 points? Like, let's be honest here. If they're going to cook, they're going to cook. Yeah. If they're going to stay home, they're going to stay home. <laughs> yeah. If they're going to show up for one half and not show up for another, they're going to show up for—you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so, like— Technical, everyone's like, well, now they're just going to lose the game because that guy's out. It doesn't work like that. This offense is humming. The most important thing for Aaron Rodgers is just ball distributing the ball all around the field. That's all it's about. Austin, what is the score prediction? You're going to hate me. You think they're going to lose?
1: 34 30, Falcons. Great! I don't. I'll be I, here, I I I'll be be here, here Monday homer.
0: night to tell you I told you so. Yeah, great! I hope you are. I hope I'm. Trust me. I hope I'm wrong. You're looking towards the Bucks game, and that's why they're going to lose. <laughs> because if they lose, it's because they're looking to the buy. Yeah. So you're in the same mindset as if we're going to lose. But I'm going to say that they're going to be locked in. But I this appreciate game. you
1: being the optimist. Normally, you're the negative Nancy, and I'm the I'm the blind I'm the optimist. realist.
0: I'm being real (laughs) here. As a football player, as a football coach, your goal is to get the team ready for the opponent you're going to face this week. You cannot look forward to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You cannot say, oh, we need to hold out Devontae Adams because there's a bye week. If he says he's ready to go because he says he's going to be going when he's 100%, if he says he's 100%, Dr. McKenzie or whatever gives him the checkoff, play him, and watch him cook. Same yeah. with Kenny Clark. If he's ready, he's ready. You're going to be
1: excited, and I hope I'm wrong. Again, I'm not. I'm just saying. This I hope is, I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. I, I, I hope you're be wrong, right.
0: too. But I'm just saying. I
1: want to be 4-0. Do I, your
0: do your due diligence and get to 4-0. Take a bye week off and get ready for Tom Brady, which is awesome. We get to see Brady and Rogers in two weeks. Yeah, very exciting. But we get to see Brady and Matt Ryan, or Rogers and Matt Ryan this week. Yes. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I keep saying
1: it. How many times have I said it? But I think the Falcons are coming in. They. It's a must win for the Falcons. It's not a must it win for the Packers. I I. just. I, that's just how I'm feeling. I could be wrong. Again, as I said, normally you're the negative Nancy. You're always the one negative about every game. I'm the blind optimist. <laughs> but we're roles reversed. First time I'm picking against the Packers on this podcast. Had to happen at some point. We can't be homers all the time. We
0: can't be homers all the time. Well, and that's what I just did. Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Marhenka. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you, you on the internet? I did spell it last time. Are you just going to go on and off to spelling it? Just I thought for, I spelled it last I don't
1: think, time. I can't remember. I think you're, you're doing it like on I and off. It. I think I spelled it. I did it really Are slow? you doing it to Do mess with that? the people?
0: No. You're doing it. I spell like, it. Put, keep people hey, on their feet. You people ramb- listen to this podcast. You are rambling. We need to end this show. People listen I'm to this my foot to down.
1: They skip to the end just to see if you spell it.
0: They don't listen to the rest of this.
1: They listen to see if you spell your name or not. It's it's a treat. They don't know what. Can people get. even find you on the internet, <laughs> Austin? Do do you know what the internet is? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter and Instagram
0: at Austin A.G. Yeah, that really annoyed you that I just went off there. Yeah. You can also follow our podcast at, at Titletown Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm just going to take your job because I've had yeah, it up I just to here. Lost, I just lost the right to do this. You lost it, the right because you rambled. You filibustered. And please, if you... Like our podcast, please follow, share it, give it a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the podcast. Be a friend, tell a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast. Be a friend, tell a friend. Be a friend friend
1: to us and tell a friend about our podcast.
0: Yeah. Until next time, see ya. Adios.